0: Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University.
1: People in corporate, some of them don't want to make a decision because of risk aversion. Rather than create a monster and think of every nth degree and every problem that we could potentially get, let's just get some stuff out there and see what happens in the market. Undoubtedly, some will succeed, some won't.
2: Uncertainty creates risk, it creates downside, but to your point, it also creates opportunities for those who are willing to look at it from that perspective.
1: Alright we've had a listener that's contacted us from the UK and they've basically talking all about Brexit and uncertainty and their question to us is how do you manage in a world of uncertainty i know that in america everything is very stable and certain yes. and everybody knows exactly what's happening never been better <laughs> everything
2: is predictable
1: yeah so given that how do we manage in a world of uncertainty so i don't know if you want to kick off and then i'll jump in or do
2: you want to do it vice versa i can start and we'll see where we go with this but you're right i don't know whether empirically it's true that we're living in more uncertain times than we have in the past but gosh it feels like it doesn't it i mean yeah um, Yeah. just kind of politically economically it feels like everything's kind of on edge and ultimately When you're managing customer experience or when you're managing employees, what it feels like is kind of more important than how it actually is. So let's deal with the fact that it just feels really uncertain right now. The concept of uncertainty is really, really important in the study of decision making. So there are actually like books and schools of literature that fit under the title of choice under uncertainty. Uncertainty is very, very important in economics and behavioral decision making, because it is so fundamental to choice. Like If we knew how everything would turn out, then decision making would be very easy, and we'd know exactly how to manage our customer experiences and how to manage our employees. It's uncertainty that makes it interesting. I actually remember, this is a number
1: of years ago now, but I remember going to a thing called the CBI, which is the Confederation of British Industries, and I went to a conference of theirs in London some years ago. And I always remember the speaker there saying that, you know, what businesses want is they want certainty, to be able to predict how much stock they produce, to be able to predict how many people they need and blah 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 they need certainty and it was that that sort of crystallized it for me how important it is but let me sort of try to mix my metaphors here the other thing that I do when I'm doing a speech at a conference is I ask an audience in the next 10 years do you think that business is is going to get easier or do you think it's going to get harder and obviously the answer is it's going to get harder So I think the issue for me becomes, and this goes to a football phrase. I'm using lots of different analogies here. Yeah, you're really covering
2: your bases, or you're all over the place. We'll uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: let people decide. That's right.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe they're
1: not certain. How about that? There you go. Maybe they don't know. But there's a football manager of the team that I support called Luton Town Football Club. And he says, what you have to do is control the controllables. Mm. And I thought, that's a good phrase. I like that. That That is good. Yeah. You have to control the controllables. So actually, yep, the world's going mad. But within the world going mad, there are things (laughs) that you can control. And therefore, it's about trying to get some certainty. For me, it's about trying to get some certainty from an uncertain world or believing actually the only thing that's certain is uncertainty. You actually have to deal with that. But how does this, from a human nature perspective, because what we know is the one thing that won't change is human nature. right? So what are the models that sort of fit behind uncertainty and why do we
2: need it? And what are those models that fit behind it? I mean, so one very consistent finding is that people don't like uncertainty, right? So this general, this wisdom that you heard at that CBI conference, there's some scientific validity behind that. Uh, in fact, it's known as risk aversion, and it's just this generally true thing about people: people don't like risk. Now, it's not true all the time. So we're back to prospect theory and Kahneman. Yeah, and all the very much so. Right? right. Certainly, there are times when we enjoy risk. Right. We sometimes enjoy gambling or other engaging in other risky behaviors. But as a general rule, we find it aversive. We don't like risk. The question then becomes, how do people cope with risk? One of the ways that people cope with risk is that they demand higher payoffs or higher expected returns from risk. So if you are going to jump from a stable job that's maybe a little bit boring into one that is riskier, so maybe for a startup that might take off or might fold, it would be natural for many people to demand a higher salary and greater immediate benefits to compensate for the riskier situation that they're putting themselves in. So that's one way of coping with risk, is demanding more immediate upside. You can see this if you've got customers who are risk averse. A lot of times, you'll need to put a lot of effort into front-loading those benefits to get them to be willing to engage in that risky behavior of moving over to your offering instead of sticking with what they've got before.
1: As you're saying that, it made me start thinking, when I've been through change, so most of my life I've been in corporate life, and whenever we went through organisational structures, there was lots of uncertainty. But the way I always viewed that was, where there's change, there's opportunity. So in an organisation that's static, the chances of moving up and all those other wonderful things are less so than in an organization that's not in turmoil, but going through a lot of change. So the way I've always tried to look at it is that when you've got change,
2: there's opportunity. That's a great perspective. I'd be surprised if that's common. I would be surprised if most people look at it in that way. And I think we can maybe encourage people too. Most people just aren't <laughs> as stupid as me now, I suppose. Well, look, I mean, if let's work through the truisms that we've identified here. The world is uncertain. It's going to continue to be uncertain. So we control what we can control. And then the other part of what we can control is kind of our attitude or approach to it. And so it's very much a bright side perspective to say this is maybe a little off topic, but I was debating with a friend about the merits of capitalism versus other economic approaches. And one of the benefits of capitalism is that it provides maximum opportunity relative to others. And one of the downsides is that it, provides maximum uncertainty relative to other static systems and that's this fundamental trade-off it's neither absolutely good nor bad uncertainty creates risk it creates downside but to your point it also creates opportunities for those who are willing to look at it from that perspective
1: i agree with that and i think it is the way that you look at life i think if you look at if you look at social media Then the challenge is, and this is where, again, sort of the human side comes out in social proofing and stuff like that. But if you look at social media, it just creates more uncertainty by putting so many views out there. Famously, we talk about the guy that's written into us and talk about Brexit. Famously, one of the senior politicians in the UK when they were just about to have the vote on Brexit said, you shouldn't listen to experts. Because with experts, is yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. And you just start to think, well, if I can't listen to an expert, then who am I going to listen to? And the danger is, right. is they listen to the guy next door. Now, who's to be clear an for our listening.
2: listeners, Colin and I do not claim any expertise at all. And so you should feel free to listen to us.
1: <laughs> That's absolutely true. We are definitely the epitome of fake
2: news. So, I mean, we can talk generally about how people cope with uncertainty. And that is one of the unhealthy ways that people cope with uncertainty, is just to kind of throw up their hands and say, well, if the world's uncertain, then everything's uncertain. And therefore, I might as well just go with my gut, or I might as well. You'll see, when I look at marketing decisions or business decisions, there tends to be this tendency to throw in. So we're going to bet everything on this next campaign or this shift in our business model. And I think a lot of that is driven by trying to cope with uncertainty in an unhealthy way, where you say, well, the world's uncertain, so we might as well roll the dice because it's up to fate anyway. I think one of the positive changes in business over the last decade, decade and a half, has been more experimentation, more embracing of the uncertainty. It's gotten very popular in Silicon Valley to talk about failing faster. So making lots of small bets and getting feedback on those decisions rapidly so that you can adapt more quickly instead of going big or going home, recognizing that we don't know everything. So within the limits of what we know, let's place several small bets and kind of see how those pay off and then build on those going forward.
0: why not let Colin and Ryan speak at your next conference? As you can hear, they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple, inspiring, and humorous way. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com contact.
1: You now remind me of a couple of phrases that I've learned over the years. One is, ready, fire, aim. And in fact, we in Beyond Philosophy has just done that. So we've just launched some training, and we've definitely done ready, fire, aim. So rather than, as I was saying to the team, rather than create a monster and think of every nth degree and every problem that we could potentially get, let's just get some stuff out there and see what happens in the market. Undoubtedly, some will succeed, some won't. And, in fact, I was chatting to the training manager the other day and saying to them, and actually what I want you to do is to be our researcher to find out if a customer says, no, they don't want that, then great, okay, well, they don't want that, that's right. we failed, but what do they want? So let's get some research out there. So I definitely think in that sort of ready, fire, aim is, is definitely the right approach. And, in fact, just building on that, I've dealt with some companies who – Spend hours, hours and hours talking about the 0. 0.001% chance of something happening, and they make it into this big issue, and you suddenly go, Hold on, we're talking about the 80 20 rule. Yep. Let's just do this stuff and let's deal with all of those things. Yes, that may be an issue for one person that lives in outer Mongolia. <laughs> on a tuesday afternoon but for goodness sake let's do this for the rest of them now and i don't know if that's tied into uncertainty or
2: just tied into stupidity but there you go no i think that that's another way that we cope with uncertainty we kind of we want to feel better about having made the best decision but no i i'm frequently in situations where we feel like we need to talk everything through you can get people to admit we don't know about this that we're talking about beyond the basics but then we're going to talk about it and make a decision as if we did know so we're going to need to really try to figure out and project and model what we think is going to happen with the full understanding that we've only got some of the information that would actually be important to making that decision and so in those situations you know can you learn by doing and can you do in a less risky manner so the ready fire aim approach works really well for small decisions. Launching training is very important to what Beyond Philosophy does, but it's also not gonna break the bank if you're wrong. And so let's not spend months doing market research that will help us make the decision better by 8%. Let's try this in a way that can be an efficient way of doing business and gaining intelligence at the same time.
1: Yeah, but I think part of the issue then becomes just again reflecting what you were saying, The issue becomes people in corporate, some of them don't want to make a decision because of risk aversion. That's right. I.e., if I put my neck out and I say something that my boss doesn't agree with, or I do something that is classed as a failure, and this therefore comes back to being a cultural thing, then that's going to sully my career rather than, I can't remember the exact story, but I think it was IBM. Who launched a new product and they one of their guys who launched this product, it failed. And they said, basically, they said, Are you gonna sack this guy? And they turned around and said, Well, why would we? We just sent him on a 10 million pound training course. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a great <laughs> approach, right? It's that's the right way to think about it.
1: Yeah. I think the issue is, is most corporate worlds are not built that way. No. And they require everybody to be right all the time, and they're not. When you've got Beyond Philosophy, My Own Business, you can turn around and go, yeah, this is what we're gonna do, and not everything we've ever done, by any means, has been a success. I always remember somebody in business, again, talking about the fact that successful business is about making more good decisions than you do bad. Yeah, And as long as you make more good decisions than you do bad, then you're okay. It's
2: when you make too many bad that's the problem. And what's interesting is how we evaluate whether something is good or bad. So. Some of the research that's been done on this makes a distinction between process and outcome. So if we recognize that there's uncertainty in the mix and that we don't have full information, there's the best decision process we can go through to make these decisions in efficient and rapid and intelligent way. And then there's the outcome of those decisions. We too often judge people by the outcomes of the decisions instead of on the process that was used to reach them. And if people use the right process and the outcome was not great, they still did everything they could to make it work out okay. If somebody flipped a coin and just happened to get lucky, that's not something you want to reward. So can we focus on process instead of on outcomes in our evaluation? And that can kind of take some of the bite of uncertainty out of the way that we're running things.
1: If we were to ask our normal question, you know, what is it that people can take away and do? Let me repeat a couple of things I said, which I think are important. One is you actually have to be able to deal with uncertainty and recognise that uncertainty and ambiguity are ways of life and it's not going to get any easier. So don't think to yourself, as long as I can get through this year, next year is going to be a hell of a lot better because it's not, basically. And if I go back to Luton Town Football Club, you've got to control the controllables. So you can't control the politics. You can't control a number of things that are happening in the economy. So you've got to control the things that you can control. But you've also got to recognise that human nature actually won't change. So understanding all this behavioural economics, understanding how people are feeling at that time, I think is going to be key. So, And one final thing I'd say is, Your job as a leader, if you're leading people, is to try to make their world as more certain as possible.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's a key issue because they're looking up to you to go, this is uncertain, what should I do? And you've got to try to espouse some being more certain. What's
2: your advice, Ryan? I think that's great advice. I'll go back to the process versus outcome. One of the things that we can do, to your point about, Your employees want certainty, so do your customers. Your customers want to know what to expect. And sometimes we can't guarantee outcomes that will be certain because we can't control everything. But one thing we can do that can make people feel like the world is more certain, even if it's not, is to be more transparent about process. So if you go to your employees and say, look, we don't know what's going to happen next month, But here's how we're going to be making these decisions. And here's a simplified decision tree about if this happens, we're going to do this. And if this happens, we're going to do that. Or look, we're going to expect heroic levels of effort from you. But I want you to know exactly the process by which you are going to be evaluated as an employee. Even if it's going to be very hard to reach these goals, these are the goals that you're going to be evaluated on. And then same with our customers. This is exactly how we're going to resolve this issue for you. Process certainty can provide a comfort. It can provide a general sense that the world is more certain, even if it's not yep. actually. And Just kind of knowing that there's a certain plan there can help us all cope with uncertainty a little bit better.
1: Yeah, good. Thanks very much for everybody listening today. And it would really help us if we could ask you to go in and do a quick review of us on the podcast, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. That really does help us and encourage us to carry on doing these things. So thanks very much and talk to you next
0: week. Thanks, everybody. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.